Speech delivered on Emancipation Day at Liberty Hall in New York City, January 1st, 1922. 59 years ago, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation declaring 4 million Negroes in this country free. Several years prior to that, Queen Victoria of England signed the Emancipation Proclamation that set at liberty hundreds of thousands of West Indian Negro slaves. West Indian Negroes celebrate their emancipation on the first day of August of every year. The American Negroes celebrate their emancipation on the 1st of January every year. Tonight we are here to celebrate the emancipation of the slaves in this country. We are the descendants of the men and women who suffered in this country for 250 years under that barbarous, that brutal institution known as slavery. You who have not lost trace of your history will recall the fact that over 300 years ago your forebears were taken from the great continent of Africa and brought here for the purpose of using them as slaves. Without mercy, without any sympathy, they worked our forebears. They suffered, they bled, they died. But with their sufferings, with their blood, which they shed in their death, they had a hope that one day their prosperity would be free. And we are assembled here tonight as the children of their hope. I trust each and every one of you, therefore, will realise that you have a duty which is incumbent upon you, a duty that you must perform, because our forebears who suffered, who bled, who died, had hopes that are not yet completely realised. They hoped that we as their children would be free, but they also hoped that their country from whence they came would also be free to their children, their grandchildren and great-grandchildren, at some future time. It's for the freedom of that country, that motherland of ours, that four and a half million Negroes, as members of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, are labouring today. The race of ours, this race of ours, gave civilization, gave art, gave science, gave literature to the world, but it has been the way with races and nations. The one race stands out prominently in the one century, or in the one age, and in another century or age it passes off the stage of action, and another race takes its place. The Negro once occupied a high position in the world, scientifically, artistically and commercially, but in the balancing of the great scale of evolution, we lost our place and someone other than ourselves occupies the stand we once held. God never intended that man should enslave his fellow, and the price of such a sin or such a violation of heaven's law must be paid by everyone. As for me, because of the blessed past, because of the history that I know, so long as there is within me the breath of life and the spirit of God, I shall struggle on and urge others of our race to struggle on to see that justice is done to the black peoples of the world. Yes, we appreciate the sorrows of the past, and we are going to work in the present that the sorrows of our generation shall not be perpetuated in the future. On the contrary, we shall strive that by our labours, succeeding generations of our own shall call us blessed, even as we call the generation of the past blessed today. And they indeed were blessed. They were blessed with a patience not yet known to man, a patience that enabled them to endure the tortures and the sufferings of slavery for 250 years. Why? Was it because they loved slavery so? No, it was because they loved this generation more. Isn't it wonderful? Transcendent. What then are you going to do to show your appreciation of this love? What gratitude are you going to manifest in return for what they have done for you? As for me, knowing the sufferings of my forefathers, I shall give back to Africa that liberty that she once enjoyed hundreds of years ago, before her own sons and daughters were taken from her shores and brought in chains to this western world. No better gift can I give in honour of the memory of the love of my foreparents for me 
and in gratitude of the sufferings they endured that I might be free. No grander gift can I bear to the sacred memory of the generation past than a free and redeemed Africa, a monument for all eternity, for all times. As by the action of the world, as by the conduct of all the races and nations, it is apparent that not one of them has the sense of justice, the sense of love, the sense of equity, the sense of charity that would make men happy and make God satisfied. It is apparent that it is left to the Negro to play such a part in human affairs, for when we look to the Anglo-Saxon we see him full of greed, avarice, no mercy, no love, no charity. We go from the white man to the yellow man and we see the same unenviable characteristics in the Japanese. Therefore we must believe that the psalmist had great hopes of, his, of this race of ours when he prophesied, Princes shall come out of Egypt and Ethiopia, shall stretch forth her hands unto God. Princes shall come out of Egypt and Ethiopia shall stretch forth her hands unto God. If humanity is regarded as made up of the children of God and God loves all humanity, we all know that, then God will be more pleased with that race that protects all humanity than with the race that outrages the children of God. And so tonight we celebrate the anniversary of our emancipation. We do it not with regret. On the contrary, we do it with an abiding confidence, a hope and faith in ourselves and in our God. And the faith that we have is a faith that will ultimately take us back to the ancient place, the ancient position that we once occupied when Ethiopia was in her glory.